for our first episode of 2019. I am your host, Dante Bucheri. I am joined today by a lovely cast of crew, Evan, Tahani, Isabella, and Regina. How is everyone this fine evening? Good. Fantastic. I'm really glad to I'm really glad to see all of you. We haven't been together on TGE watches since we did Trailer Palooza back in what, September or October? Um holiday holidays kind of um kind of made things a little bit a little bit difficult to schedule um but we're back we're very excited to be bringing in more new content in 2019 um we're going to go back to a to a monthly schedule uh and this is what we're going to do we're basically going to be splitting each episode into two parts one is going to be what we've been watching uh over the last 30 days or so and then we're going to close it out with what we're expecting that we're going to be watching in the in the next in the next episode the one that's uh, the one's going to be coming up in the next 30 days so that way so we give you a little bit of a preview of what of what's happening so you can be enticed to come back to our little gingerbread house and we'll you know we'll eventually make you fat on all the knowledge that we're dropping on you it's going to be amazing uh we're also going to do a lot of special episodes uh throughout the throughout the entire year and we've got our first few lined up because because i'm the host i got to choose a couple of them uh <laughs> we're doing captain marvel in march of 2019 because it's captain marvel and it's my show uh, <laughs> we are going to be starting game of thrones uh the final season in april of 2019 which i know a bunch of people on this cast except for me are very excited about <laughs> <laughs> see i i can be reasonable yeah <laughs> and uh we're going to be doing avengers endgame in may of 2019 um because that drops the final week of April. So on so in May we're gonna have boxes of tissues and it's gonna be it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a hoot. <laughs> Just yeah. gonna tell you that. Um, but I also want to go ahead and use this as an opportunity to engage you, the fans. Let us know what you're interested in us covering on one of our special episodes. We're gonna try to be doing these once every four to six weeks or so uh, for some of the major stuff. So let us know what you're interested. Are you interested in us picking up the handmaid's tale again? Uh, is, is there, is there another, uh, is there another uh, Marvel movie or a DC movie that you're interested in us watching? Let us know all of our contact information for Twitter, for Facebook, for Instagram. That's all going to be in the show notes. Just tweet at us, uh, DM us, you know, go ahead and just do whatever you need to do in order to contact us. Let us know what you want us to see, what you want us to see. And we're going to do our best to be adults and make that happen so that we can <laughs> bring you the content that you want. All right. So we're going to start out with stuff that we have been watching. Um, and there was a big thing that we all saw in December and we tried to get it. We tried to get <laughs> an episode out in December, but you know, Christmas and everything. And that was Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is the first Spider-Man feature length animated movie ever, I believe. And my goodness, it is probably in the top two Spider-Man movies of all time. If I, if I have anything to say about it, <laughs> Uh, does anybody else have any just gut shot initial reactions on this one? I think it's my top one. Your top and, one Spider-Man movie. I like all of them. Like even the ones I don't like very much. Like I wasn't that big on the, like the, um, like the middle reboot, the, uh, 
not spectacular. With uh, with Andrew Garfield. Andrew, Andrew yeah, Garfield. Andrew Garfield. I wasn't. I wasn't super big on those ones, but I mean, I still didn't hate them like a lot of people do. I don't think I, I saw any of those. You didn't. Miss they that. were okay. <laughs> they were fine. They did some whole. stuff well and some stuff not. Yeah. Yeah. But I, on the whole, I love most of them. I loved Homecoming, and I loved mm-hmm. the first two of the uh, Tobey Maguire ones, and and I didn't even mind the third one that much. But I still think this one was blew all of them absolutely out of the water. No, oh, yeah, yeah. This one's competing with Homecoming for my sp- favorite Spider-Man movie. Um, Regina, uh, you said you saw it, right? I did, yes. And tell me what you think. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was. Um, I, it's hard because it was a long time ago and I swore to myself I was going to write notes after I watched it and I didn't, um, which is sad, um, Regina, but, um, I loved how, um, it felt like an animated comic book, mm-hmm. um, like in the design really made me feel like I was in a comic book. And I thought that that was super cool and something that can get cliched in a two hour feature. And it didn't like they balanced it just right. So it was just enough of like the kind of flashy gimmicks to make you feel like you were in the, you know, pow, zing, you know, of comic mm-hmm. books without being the 1950s Batman, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, yeah, they really leaned heavily into the, the, the street art graffiti mm-hmm. aesthetic um, because Spoiler alert, this movie features a new Spider-Man. His name's Miles Morales. He's a uh, half-black, half-Puerto Rican Spider-Man. And you know, he, he lives in an alternate dimension. Peter Parker still exists. They didn't overwrite anything. So, yeah. um, And that's the entire premise of the movie, is that all the Spider-Man, or six Spider-Men and two, or four Spider-Men, two Spider-Women for six total. I can... I can math. <laughs> so uh, they they come to Miles Morales' universe because of, you know, sci-fi reasons. And they have to go beat up the Kingpin because, of course, sci-fi reasons. Because, of course. Yeah, because why wouldn't they? Right. And this is a coming-of-age story, um, yeah. which is why I loved it. I know Regina loves herself uh, a good coming-of-age story. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that was like among the, the the best pieces of it was watching mm-hmm. him come into his own with it and and like having everybody doubt him and still, you know, managing to do it, even though, you know, everybody was just kind of like, oh, you know, I don't know if you have it in you, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. And top for me in it was there were so many examples of we talk a lot about toxic masculinity, right? Mm. There were so many examples of positive and gentle masculinity in this movie mm-hmm. that were just outstanding. I'm like, if little boys are raised with this, mm-hmm. we're going to see some real shifts in our, in our society. No. Yeah. So. And like, and especially displayed by one of the primary antagonists yes. as well. I know. I mean, like, like gives me chills to think about it. Like here's a bad guy that was like, you know, still had this like good core, you know, or still had these good qualities too. And I really love, I Absolutely. love complicated bad guys. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if, if the only thing I knew about this movie was that it featured, it, it featured, in a in a positive light, men being vulnerable with each yes. other, that yep. would have been all I needed to watch this movie. Yeah. But like between yep. the voice acting and the art and the direction, the soundtrack, the the plot was ridiculous, but it worked. And yep. <laughs> literally everything about this just 
made me squeal with joy. I saw it twice in theaters. I nearly saw it a third time this last week because <laughs> it was because it's still it's still in in a theater awesome. uh, in my town. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I may as well just go ahead and do right. this. Um, believe the DVD comes out next month. Um, so please go on Amazon and purchase this movie. Or if you don't want to purchase this movie, go to Redbox and buy it uh, or rent it, rent it for an evening it. because it is absolutely worth every single penny. You will not regret the two hours that you spend watching this movie. It is hands down the best Spider-Man movie. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's it. You know what? I'm just going to make the decision right there. It's the best Spider-Man movie, right? It's, <laughs> it's better, better than uh, the Spider-Man homecoming. Not only, um, yeah. Like not only is it the best Spider-Man movie, it's like five of the best Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. because every single spider person in there has a really good arc and I would watch yeah. a movie just about any of them. Agreed. All right. That Sounds... I need Spider-Gwen's costume. I need Spider-Gwen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I need a movie of her own. I would like die. Oh yeah. I And I you know, she was she didn't have a big part in this, but I like I need to know more. I, I need mean, Spider Gwen. I need a Spider Man Noir. Yeah. I, I need a Spider Ham. Yeah. I yeah. But if 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 what we get out of this movie uh, is a sequel with Miles Morales and Spider Gwen, I will be perfectly happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to move on to another animated feature, Isabella. I'm going to put you on the spot here. You put down on our list that you've been watching the Carmen San Diego Netflix cartoon, and I've had my eye on that for a little bit, but I haven't taken the plunge yet. Tell me about it. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I love this cartoon. Um, so if you wanted to see a young Carmen San Diego who is actually a good guy who finds out she's working for the bad guys and tries to take them down from the outside, this is the show for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Major question. Does it feature Rockapella? Because if not, then I'm not watching it. I don't think so. Okay. I'm, referring to the th- I'm referring to the theme song from the original show. It doesn't, yeah. but I also watched this whole show, and there is one point where they're in an elevator, and the elevator music is the theme song from the old animated Carmen Sandiego. I'm really excited about that. Oh. Awesome. I picked that up instantly, and I was like, hey. I know that song. <laughs> Fantastic. I loved it too. I, I thought it was a great, great show. I was like iffy on the idea of making Carmen San Diego not be the villain. Cause like she was always the villain before, uh-huh. but I thought they did a good job of kind of justifying that and like making her character interesting. And I love the art style so much. Like everything about it. I, I really enjoyed that show as well. The art style is amazing. Cool. Um, right. And I get lots of like uh, Kim Passable vibes from. Yes. Mm, oh, that's cool. Very, bit. very There's much. L- many parallels, um, including co- sort of the dorky sidekicks yeah. she has. Um, but yeah, it's really awesome. It was way too short. I was like, I got to the last episode and I was like, no, that's it. <laughs> and immediately tried to look up when the next ones were. Yeah. But. So, so was, the one thing that I would have preferred they changed about it is like they I, I appreciated that they still tried to make the show slightly educational because like Carmen San Diego <laughs> is educational, but they yeah. barely even tried. It was so tacked on. Like 
they have like a I like a I thought that thing. was like a nice Easter egg. Yeah, it was an Easter it egg felt though. More like an Easter egg than like actually educational. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's like a one minute part in the episode where they're like, we're going to to Nicaragua or whatever, and like this is their primary export. They have this thing here. They have that thing there. Okay, oh, here we go. God. And like you'll see some of those things when you get there, but mostly not. And it's like. Just like they tack that on to check it off the list, but, right? And it, it, they didn't do that for the first two episodes at all. But I still appreciate that they at least tried. Sort of, there's some sort education of. to be had here. They made a bid. Fantastic. <laughs> so I was just looking up to see who was in the voice cast to see if there was anybody that uh, that uh, we all recognized. Oh, yeah. Gina Rodriguez. I I don't know who that is actually. <laughs> She is from Jane the Virgin. Yeah, Jane the Virgin. That is a show that I have never heard of. <gasps> oh, but she is oh. A- okay. So she is actually a Latino act, a Latino yeah. actress. Which oh no, that sounds amazing. I also found out and just had a tiny fanboy moment to myself while y'all were talking that Rita Moreno is in this cartoon. <laughs> Like Rita Moreno uh-huh. of West Side Story fame is yeah. in this cartoon. Oh, she's in. Um, like, she's once, in. Uh, one day at a one time. Day at a time. Yeah, yeah. She she's yeah. in One Day at a Time. She was also in the '90s cartoon Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego. Oh, oh yeah. But yeah, you oh, will. Who did, cool. did she play in the cartoon? That is a spectacular question. I don't know. I just saw <laughs> Google to just told it. me that she was in it. And I was just like, I need to watch this immediately. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would like to know who she is. But apparently it's Rita Moreno. Like, I'm going to watch it just for her alone. Because like she like She's she was awesome. my Anita growing up uh, when mm-hmm. I was watching the movie of West Side Story. And <laughs> she's it's Rita Moreno. Come on. <laughs> like, what, what else do I need? So, Carbon San Diego, A plus, good, recommended. Definitely. Yes. All right, fantastic. All right, so I want to move to someone who hasn't been speaking too much, uh, Tahani. Hi. You- so, hello. How are you this evening? I'm well. How are you doing? I am spectacular, and I'll be even more happy when you tell us what you've been watching. Um, let's see. Recently, these last couple days, I've been rewatching all the episodes of Black Mirror, which is one of my favorite shows of all time ever. Mm-hmm. And so that one's fantastic. What's it like to like watch a whole bunch of those? I've only watched like two or three here or there. So what's it like to like hop into that? The thing about Black Mirror is it's actually one of the only shows I can't truly binge watch. Okay. I have to take some time after yeah. each episode and digest it Okay, out mm. of... That makes more sense to me. Yeah. I'm like, you know, we were talking about that in one of these episodes, like when we're talking about Handmaid's Tale, we're like, don't binge Handmaid's Tale. And then Nicole, who you guys know, went <laughs> and binged two seasons of Handmaid's Tale. I'm like, what is the matter with you? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. So I'm, it's okay. So you're still taking it kind of slow because they're like such intense stories and like very heavy yeah it compacted into such a small like hour or whatever binge watching for me like i usually watch an episode of something every two months Mm. (laughs) and so binge watching for me is if i watch an episode a week and i've been doing that (laughs) so but i don't know black mirror is one of my my favorite things just because it amazes me how 
much they're able to put of our current society and our current priorities into it, but Mm -hmm. everything's exemplified. Like it's not out of the realm of possibility, but it's just a few steps down a road that we haven't a hundred percent turned onto yet. And you can see it. And it's so dark and it showcases all the darkest parts of who we are as a society, but with just enough of a twist that you can see where we might end up so easily if we're not paying attention. I just, I absolutely love it. So, so for the uninitiated red me, (laughs) uh, could you give me a three sentence pitch about what black mirror is about? Take the darkest parts of humanity and focus on that in a different happy setting every week. Okay. (laughs) I'm intrigued. About humanity in a slightly different way. Well, it's it's one, (laughs) what's beautiful about it is it is not as we are. It is an exemplified look at humanity's darkest points, but it's also one of the truest political and socioeconomical commentaries I've ever seen. And it's on a television show. Like it's something you watch. Like normally I have to read for a very long time into a very dark and deep book before I get that. And I can do this in like 45 minutes and then you have to wait. Or if you're me, you, you stay up for like eight hours talking to your, your spouse about this one episode we just watched. And it's, it's amazing how just deep it goes into and it takes that much time to decompress it sometimes to, to reevaluate all of it. It's just, it's fantastic. If you have people in your life that want to talk to you about things like that, I don't think I'd be able to just watch it by myself. I think I'd go crazy, but I have somebody that I'm able to decompress with every time after. That's kind of make a big difference because it does. I, I know it sounds crazy, but it's something that we love no. to do because it's not yeah. one of the things that you want to delve into the deepest part of humanity by yeah. yourself. No. You need somebody to take that jump with you or you can't claw your way back out of it. Yeah. I think that was my problem when I watched Jessica Jones the first time. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. I watched that by myself at night because I had, I had nothing else to do. <laughs> and that was a mistake. Um, I did that too though. And I, I, I would do it again. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> heavy, it but so addictive. Same time. I feel right. like Jessica Jones is a walk in the park compared to Black Mirror. Oh, well, in what which case, worth. I will get a bottle of vodka. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe two. Maybe two. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a lightweight. Anyways, that's not, we, we are not an alcohol podcast. <laughs> uh, so it let's, is uh, yeah. all right. So let's move on to something uh, that might be slightly less depressing. Uh, Evan. Do you want to talk to us about The Punisher season two? <laughs> Slightly less depressing. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's not, well, it, it probably is less depressing than Black Mirror, honestly, but it's much more violence. Okay. I, I actually really, really enjoyed this. Um, I, I, I thought the first season was okay. I wasn't as blown away by it as I thought I would be because weirdly I felt like season two of Daredevil was a better Punisher season than season one of Punisher just because it was more in character of what I expect from the Punisher. It actually had a lot more action and a lot more, um, I guess it just felt more like a Punisher show. But the second, uh, like the first season of Punisher was much more 
kind of downplayed than I expected, which is probably why I kind of had an initial negative reaction to it. Not negative, but more kind of like disappointed reaction. Yeah, because okay. it was it wasn't what I was expecting. I mean, with a Punisher, you expect just bullets everywhere and blood and punching. And like hitting people with like refrigerators or something, like you expect <laughs> just extreme violence constantly. And I didn't get that. I got a lot more of like a kind of a, I don't know, like a metatextual analysis on on gun violence and what it does to people and PTSD and stuff like that, which was good. And I I respected that. And that was in season two as well. It felt more punishery though, because there was ultimately a lot more of the kind of the the shootouts and the choreographed like like gunplay scenes, but this one also weirdly went even deeper into kind of the psychological aspects of it. Because one thing I do really like about this incarnation of the Punisher story mm-hmm. is like we've had several different versions. There's like three different movies that are all reboots of each other, and none of them are connected to each other. Sure, and we've had other attempts to to portray the Punisher before. And this one goes really heavy into PTSD and it goes into kind of an analysis of what soldiers go through when like the fight ends and how it affects people, like how a life of killing for a cause can affect you. And I thought this one, this particular season did a lot more of that kind of thing. Cause like the Punisher by his nature, he's not just a vigilante like other heroes are. He's a vigilante murderer. Like he's a mass murderer. <laughs> he's yeah. He, he kills very bad people, but he kills so many people. And, <laughs> and, and something, with, yeah. And without so, prejudice either. Yeah. Without he- prejudice, without hesitation, he will blow you away. And that's kind of the appeal to him. But it's also something that can become problematic, and it's been more difficult to tackle in recent years. Mm-hmm. Punisher's a very '90s style antihero character. Like he's yeah. he's very Liefeldian, and that's made him that, kind of that difficult. Is an adjective I've never heard in my life, but I hate that I hear it. But yeah, yeah. So. I'm um I'm I'm very I'm I'm happy to hear you say these uh you know to say that this is a what what appears to be a smart take on the Punisher because my mm-hmm. my my personal preferences I'm not going to get into the the soapboxy speech that I have about the Punisher um but I generally I'm going to distill it down to this like I generally just like the Punisher a lot better when he's a supporting character in other people's books mm-hmm. rather than when he is the main character in his, in his own story and that's kind of why I stopped watching the first the first season because i was just i was i was gonna get soapboxy uh if i if i continue to watch it but um but what you're what you're saying seems like it is more it they they found a way to make punisher relatable to to the world that we currently live in in 2019 is that accurate yeah i would say so and like i think what you're saying is true and that's probably the main reason why i thought season two of daredevil was a better punisher season because in that one, he was basically the villain of the mm-hmm. season. Like he oh, was yeah. the antagonist there. And I think he often works better as kind of a, he, like he's so anti-hero. He ends up often being more of an anti-villain. 
And I think in they kind of fully embrace that in this season mm-hmm. because there are times when he genuinely kind of struggles with the realization that he is becoming just as bad as all the people he's gunning for, literally. Mm-hmm. And like you actually see the effects of that kind of realization, the the thought of what makes me different from them. Oh, and okay. am I even different from them? So right. I really appreciate it that they actually addressed that. Well, that's very interesting and kind of heartening to hear. I might uh, might pick that up uh, before we before we record again. But so thank you for that. I appreciate it. But I want to move on to something that I want to talk about and something that Regina and I feel very passionately about. Um, it's time for <laughs> Disco Inferno. So, <laughs> so Regina, I know. That you've only watched the first two episodes, I have. but what did you think? Oh, I love it. It 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 has more of a like true Star Trek feel this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it probably helped at least that the second episode was directed by Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, I was so, really excited to see that. <laughs> um, you know, with Riker at the helm, uh, it definitely felt it. It feels a little bit more next generation. Like I feel a little bit more grounded. Um, it feels a little less sensational um, because one of the things I think that drove Isabella away from the first season <laughs> was uh-huh. how sensational they got with the violence um, and the blood and the gore, um, which was, I think, CBS sort of flexing its muscles, having this on all access as opposed to, you know, network TV. I will, TV. I will absolutely agree that that was my main that was one of my main criticisms. Like I didn't have very many criticisms about Disco's first season, but it definitely felt like, oh, hey, look at that. We're on a paid subscription platform now. We can go stab people in the face. We can yeah. show you boobs for a couple of seconds. Yeah. And like and we're just gonna do that. You know, it's it's like the kid who learns how to say the F word for the first time and all they right. do is just say the F word because they can. Yeah. They're like, right? hey, we can do this. Yes. Yeah. So exactly. I'm I'm really appreciating that it's more focused on the story and yes. the characters a little bit more from the get go. Like, cause the story mm-hmm. is what carried Disco for the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, if they didn't have quite so many good um, uh, twists and turns and and things that didn't predict and um, you know, I could have done with quite with a little less Klingon language like just the Klingon language yeah <laughs> I mean well but they you got know, that language they got to use it yeah I mean you know that that was part of the shtick um but um and at least in the first two episodes we haven't seen the Klingons we're seeing kind of the evolution of what's going to be the major arc for the story uh, for the season with this um these signals that they're reaching from like far and away uh-huh. um, sending them on some sort of treasure hunt. Um, like I said, I'm only two, two episodes in, so I'm not, yeah. I'm not up to date. So, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, to be completely honest, just watched episodes three and four literally today uh, <laughs> on, my, on my commute to work because public transportation life is great. Um, so, but yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I love that they were able to just kind of hit the ground running with this yeah. one. It it felt like okay, like we know the characters. We're not gonna bother. We're not gonna bother you know, giving you long recaps. We're not gonna bother with all this exposition. Mm-hmm. Like you want Star Trek? Let's get. Let's give you Star Trek. Let's yeah. take you to, to to worlds unknown. Like you know, in in season 
in season two, episode two, they just kind of dropped you on a planet and they had a mystery to solve. I'm like, oh, look at that. Like, it's like I'm watching it's Next like, Generation again. Right, exactly. It's like so, Nixon has all the things of Star yeah. Trek that like you, I don't know, uh-huh. what I that I love about Star Trek. So I was really glad that it felt a little bit more grounded and a little bit more rooted in like what mm-hmm. Star Trek actually is. Um, and then, of course, there's Tilly. And oh my God, oh, the new Captain Pike, I'm uh, I'm surprisingly down with for someone who has been accused of being a Trek purist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprisingly okay with the new Pike. <laughs> I was about to say, like, accused. Like, I think you outed yourself as a Trek purist. <laughs> no one accused you of anything. Um, but yeah, like, I. I, yeah. I'm okay with the uh, with with the new Pike, but again, like you've watched way more uh, TOS <laughs> than I have. Um, yeah. Like I think the only TOS episode that I've seen with Captain Pike was I think it was the Glass Menagerie where he was in the wheelchair and had that yeah. weird burned face thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, was... you you see that that episode. I think we talked about this previously, but that episode was they took Pike was the original captain in the first pilot when Roddenberry yeah. pitched. Star Trek pilot. Yeah, they had to do he had to do a second pilot because they liked the idea, but they weren't really down with a couple of components. One of the primary ones being that the first officer was female, um, and with so Nurse, Nurse Chapel. Yes, exactly. Who is also Roddenberry's wife um, <laughs> and the voice of the computer. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that the glass menagerie they took the original pilot and reworked it into that episode um uh, and had okay. to make it kind of fit with the new so they could use the footage um they had to make a story that fit you can watch the original pilot as well and you'll see like the full captain pike um experience um <laughs> and he was he was great you know and and the guy that they cast in disco is um has a similar look but not like you know the image but enough so that you can be like and i love the new costumes they did for you know for that generation like when they came in with the red and with the red and the yellow oh yeah yeah and they were really excited asymmetrical zippers and i'm like oh my god the cosplay is going to be it's going to be on point yes yeah so so audience i just want you to appreciate the fact that like i when i watched the first episode of discovery i literally paused it took a picture of it and sent a text to regina said like they got the pajamas (laughs) (laughs) i was so excited that they got the new uniforms um Mm -hmm. and and by new i mean the ones that you see in the original series um but it's uh it's incredible yeah. I'm just going to go on record. I still hate that I have to give CPS or CBS $10 a month um, because their, their commercial light subscription is just God awful. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And watching it commercial free is literally the only way to go. Yeah. Um, uh, which yeah. you can, you can now get um, CBS all access through Amazon as a channel through Amazon. So if you don't want a separate app and you want it on your Amazon subscription, you can do that now too. So, ah, uh, swell. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Disco's still good. I've watched the third and fourth episodes. Um, they're great. I like it. I'm still on board. Everything is, um, everything's awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a crew. <laughs> so I'm not, so I want to talk about the Lego movie to the second part, but I'm not going to, because I've already been talking for, for far too long. So <laughs> let's, let's move on to, let's move on to, uh, to Isabella. All right. Um, you have been, you've been watching 
one day at a time, which it looks like Regina has also been watching. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so for those who aren't familiar, One Day at a Time is about a single mom, Penelope, uh, who's Cuban, um, and her two kids and her mom, who is Rita Moreno. I'm so excited. All right, that's literally all you needed to say. Is in there, and it's kind of just like a slice of life of navigating as a Latino American and everything that comes with it. There's some super emotional episodes, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, okay. Um, the finale of season two was the most emotionally devastating thing I've ever oh, seen. Oh, god, it was it was rough. Um, <laughs> and I Good, watched that right after the Rebels finale and I was a mess um, but it does certain topics really well like coming out handling depression and PTSD yep. um, sobriety anxiety um, and there's more lighthearted episodes too but like I think it does those episodes so so well that I think it's worth it just for that. Um, but it does like the Latino experience if there can be only one, which you know there isn't. But <laughs> it does that so so well, and I want everyone to watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, both of the shows that you've talked about so far, I'm just like, okay, like let's do it. Harvard <laughs> San Diego, sure. Latino experience, both with Rita Moreno. Like that's that's really the way that you get me to watch any television show. Is just tell me Rita Moreno's she, she in it. Is amazing, she is. Yeah, she's, she's well, phenomenal. Amazing. I I expect nothing less. Yeah, it's great. So. And and they're like, if you watch the original, so it was a 70s, 70s, 80s sitcom no yeah it's a re it's a reboot of you know like in i think it was late 70s early 80s um sitcom as well um again single mom two kids um and in that one schneider who is one of the main characters um was kind of like your kind of stereotypical um super like for the building uh but in this one um he's just such a dolt <laughs> <laughs> no, but he kind of uh, you got a feel for Schneider oh I do I do but he's just so he's like the comic relief so he's constantly running in he's absolutely in love with their family and you know he appreciates them so much and he doesn't have any family of his own um, but he's definitely like the comic you know throwing a wrench in everything kind of like messing things up and you know they add a whole class element where he's like wealthy and you know it's just the very a trust different. fund kid. Yeah, exactly. So he doesn't okay. have he doesn't understand like the closeness of their family because he never had that. So uh, he's very drawn to it, and it's very he's he's always in the one down position, and he's the white guy. And I'm sorry, but there's just something about that that is so deeply satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me kind of happy. It is. It <laughs> Not should. gonna lie. It really should. Yeah. Yeah, the one other white guy in the series is like the doctor that. Oh yeah. The 
the mom Penelope works with, and yeah. he's also a total sad sack. Yeah, and he's also like, you know, one down from all of them. Like everybody's smarter than him, and I don't know. Again, <laughs> deeply satisfying. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> completely okay with that. All right, sounds sounds wonderful. I've yeah, got now. I've got way too many things in my Netflix queue. Yeah, um, that <laughs> is. And yeah. that is okay. <laughs> so, um, so let's move on to Tahani. Um, you have something that I've not heard of, uh, Big Mouth, a Netflix original series. Can you tell us what's going on with this? So I originally didn't even put Big Mouth on this list because it's quite a bit more lewd than anything I normally watch. It's about kids going through puberty. It's like a a realistic look at everything that we all went through for puberty, but we were taught not to talk about. Mm. And I was afraid originally to even bring it up just because I was not ashamed exactly, but kind of embarrassed. And then I realized that like, that's the entire point of the show is to show everyone that this is natural and this is not something that you should be ashamed of. And maybe if there was more talking points and less stigma around all this, then maybe we would have a more open relationship with our bodies and ourselves and our children when we want to talk to them about what's normal and what's not. So it's, if you can get past whatever society has taught you is okay and what's not okay. And if you can just watch it, it's actually a really good show with a lot of body positivity and self positivity and sex positive positivity. Like it's just good like it's a bunch of things that i was always taught you shouldn't talk about and you should be embarrassed if you think about but i always thought i was alone with everything and then there's this entire show about everything i went through in puberty and i'm like hey look maybe i wasn't alone and maybe i shouldn't have been hating myself for these last 20 years <laughs> things like that <laughs> <laughs> sounds about Aww. right right yeah then i like that <laughs> yeah it's it's good i mean, when you first watch it especially if you grew up thinking that you these are not things you can talk about it's going to be hard to watch originally because it's going to have every body part you can think of is going to be drawn on that screen somewhere mm-hmm. but we've been trained to be ashamed of that but you got one or the other probably so maybe you should <laughs> not be ashamed of that <laughs> so I don't know. I'm just, I'm happy that it's out there. I'm glad that more people are uh, talking about it. And it's giving a lot of parents I've talked to ways to openly speak to their children about what their bodies are going to do and what is natural and that it's okay to love yourself no matter what. And there's a great song. There's a great song in that show about female positivity and just loving your body how it is. And it is fantastic. And we cannot post it on here. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> if you have a chance mm-hmm. and there's no children in the room, go watch it because it's fantastic. All right. So, All right. I'm, I love I'm that, okay the, that the first episode is titled Ejaculation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, no, we've wondering. broken our Pucci rating. You know what <laughs> well, you're getting. That's, that's science. <laughs> it is science. <laughs> but I'm offended. Gosh darn it. <laughs> And again, like I said, I wasn't going to bring it up originally because I felt like I should be ashamed that I enjoyed this show as much as I did. Oh, but yeah, that's also where part of the problem is, and that's yeah, why the show's exactly. out there. Exactly. 
So if you do watch it and you're worried about somebody being uh, judging you, I'm not that person. You can come talk to me on anything you want. I'll just talk to you like no big deal. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. So, Evan, uh, I want to move on to you now. Um, tell me about Castlevania because this is another one that I, that I looked at on Netflix and I was like, I don't think I should because – Video game adaptations are typically terrible, and I'm waiting for you to confirm this theory for me that this is terrible. <laughs> okay. Not only can I not confirm that, but I hate anime in every single form and always okay. have for my entire life. Well, this, and this is quickly. <laughs> and this is very anime styled. It's not strictly anime, I don't believe, because it's made by Western Studios, but it's very okay. intentionally designed to look anime-ish. And I still loved it. Like mm-hmm. I uh, there's so many things that were going against it. Like I've never played any of the Castlevania games, so I'm not really familiar at all with the plot, other than I I knew going in that it had to do with vampires and like a vampire slayer. Sure, and like I, I am very familiar with the video game adaptations are awful, like rule, and it was anime ish, and like I only watched it because a bunch of people told me I should, and I eventually caved to peer pressure when enough people pile on me, and I did, and I thought it was fantastic. It was so good. It was. It is significantly bloodier and more brutal than Punisher. <laughs> so <laughs> there's okay. that going for it. But in addition to that, it, it just has some really fantastic elements of world building that I loved because I'm a sucker for world building. Anytime there's world building and anything. And the, there, there is such a good story at the core of it. Like the the main characters in it are compelling. They have compelling relationships with each other. Sure. The villain is Dracula, and of course. he he is portrayed so complexly. He's he's. It's one of those things where, like, ostensibly, his goal is absolute Armageddon. Like, he wants to basically end the world. He wants to drive humanity to extinction. And yet somehow I kept rooting for him. Like I, it was one of those kinds of things. Like he, he is an extremely dark character, but you understand his motivations and you empathize with him. And like he, he is, even though his, goals are terrible and should not happen. We keep seeing things happen that remind us why he made those decisions. Like the, the humans in this world keep doing horrible things and you keep wondering maybe should the world end? And they're like, no, there's still a few good ones, but dang, you know, extinction would be cool in some ways. So it's like, <laughs> that I, is I love a sentence. I did not expect to hear tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's, it's very complicated and very dark and it's not very long. Like I think each episode is only a half hour and the seasons only have like nine episodes. I'm not sure exactly how many, but you can easily watch a whole season in, in an afternoon and it's worth it. It's very much worth it. Like even if you're like me and you hate anime, you'll probably still like it. And even if you're like me and haven't played the games, you'll still like it. It's I'd say it's a, 
like the only thing that could be off-putting is if you are off-put by significant amounts of blood and gore because there is a significant amount of blood and gore. But that's like, other than that, there's no reason anyone should dislike this series. I think it's excellent. I haven't specifically watched it, but I have heard from people who did love the game series that they did also enjoy this movie, which or the show, which uh-huh. is rare. So I don't think there's any reason somebody shouldn't watch it. Sounds sounds interesting. All right. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. So we're running a little short on time. So I want to move towards the what we're going to be watching um, segment right now. But I'm going to go ahead and cut in real quick because I'm the host and I can do these kinds of things <laughs> is that if you haven't watched the Lego movie to the second part, it's incredible. If you like the first one, you're going to love the second one. They made a sequel to the song called everything's not awesome. And it's just <laughs> as good as the first one. <laughs> Promise. Um, and I am continually blown away at just how a movie that is so ridiculous as the Lego movie can have a genuinely optimistic and wonderful heartfelt message that is completely relevant for the time uh, that we are in. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Go watch the Lego movie too. It's wonderful. Anyways, what we're going to end up watching uh, for the, for the next month. Um, obviously we're going to be doing Captain Marvel. That's a given. So that is certainly something that I'm going, uh, that I'm going to be watching. And I think most of the people uh, on this call will probably eventually make their way to theaters to see it. Um, but one of the things that a bunch of us seem to have on the list is uh, Runaway Season 2, which uh, which I'm the worst Runaways fan apparently ever because this came out in like December and I still haven't watched it. I know, it. And, and you're like the, the guy. This is like, like your thing. It really, like, it is my thing, but let me tell you, like, I like, I was interviewing for jobs in December, and then the holidays happened, and my family was visiting, and then I moved in the beginning of January, and I've been trying to learn a new city, uh, so I just haven't had time to sit down and watch episodes of Runaways. I've seen it like four or five and I'm really happy with how they turned out. I just haven't gotten to the rest of them. And I feel like I've, I feel like I betrayed all of you on this call. <laughs> and I feel like I betrayed the listeners who know that I'm a giant runaways nerd. Um, so I will be getting to that. And I will likely gush about it on the next episode. Um, and there's at least one or two other people over here that have, uh, or that have told me that they're going to watch runaway season two. Um, looks like Evan, right? You're going to go watch it with me? No. Oh, Evan's gone. Oh, gone. God. Evan, Evan left. That the makes call. me sad. <laughs> I don't know where he went. But well, that here. just got awkward. <laughs> I'll watch it with you. I'm going to watch it. I mean, you know, I'm just as bad because I was really into it and I haven't gotten back to it. But Fantastic. I already watched it. You all, oh my god all right so isabel oh god what i i i am the worst fan i am just the worst fan <laughs> I watched it like in the first week i was so busy just doing other things and i, I feel really bad but anyways um yeah. yeah so uh I so regina spider-man yet oh you should watch that oh so... Well, now all right. I'm in limbo. I can't. And there's nowhere to watch it anymore. Nah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you could Have come to down wait. to Springfield, Oregon. We've got one theater that's playing it. <laughs> oh man. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's only like what a hundred and forty mile drive. Oh, <laughs> the small from down the way. 
So, all right. So, uh, so Regina, is there anything that you're looking forward to uh, to watching in the next month? Uh, I don't know about in the next month. I didn't. I don't have anything. Um, I know I'm looking forward to Captain Marvel. Um, everything that I'm looking forward to right now is in April. Ooh. And, oh, it's April's uh, Game of Thrones month, right? Yes, April's Game of Thrones month. So, oh, goodness. Yes, when the stabby returns. The stabby stabby? Yes, All stabby right. stabby. I'm very excited for you. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Isabella, anything that you're looking forward to in the in the next month? Um, so in a couple days, Netflix is dropping Umbrella Academy. <gasps> I did not know that this was a thing. <laughs> oh, okay. So you actually know this. I'm not really familiar with it at all, but I saw the trailer and it looked kind of cool. You know, okay. with powers and stuff, but... Oh well, yeah. Um, do you want to explain Umbrella Academy? <laughs> um, it has been a very long time since I read the original comic. It was it was written by like one of the lead singers of like God, one of those really cruddy early two thousands emo bands. Um, but <laughs> basically, it's oh god, what what was that movie? The um that that came out uh that came out it was just a couple of months ago like madame minimeyer's like curious conundrums or whatever yeah Yeah, that one school for yeah i made up that i made up a name apparently (laughs) (laughs) so i think that was like two years ago yeah was it two years ago it feels like it was very recent um but what i got from the comics and again my I read these comics at minimum like seven, eight years ago um, was that it was, it's basically a dark Burton esque, um, a dark Burton esque take on basically Xavier's school for gifted children and, and hilarity ensues. That's a lie. There's not a lot of humor in that comic book. There's a lot of, it didn't look funny. (laughs) No, it's not very funny. Um, I gener again. I haven't seen these trailers, but if but if um if my memory of the comic serves correctly, and if what uh, and if what Isabella saw in these trailers, like it should be very dark. It should be quite gritty, and it should kind of turn the superhero genre on its head and analyze it from a few different angles that you may not have expected, and you probably didn't want to see in the first place. Um. And that's not to and that's not to say that it's bad. That's to say that it's going to just it's going to make you rethink the genre and rethink the nature of power. Um, and that is that is my half cocked uh, summary of the Umbrella Academy comics. That again, that I read at minimum seven years ago. <laughs> um, that was that was pretty good for having no warning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it comes out on the fifteenth of this month, on February fifteenth. So. All Friday. right. Okay, um, so I know what I'm doing on my Friday night. Out. So, <laughs> no, you have to watch Runaways first. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, priorities. Um, watch one show about kids with powers and watch another one. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will do this. All right. But, uh, that was pretty much all I've noticed because I don't have cable. So the only show I really keep up with anymore is Brooklyn Nine-Nine um, and Bob's Burgers. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, I, I was I was recently forced to watch the first couple of episodes of Bob's Burgers, and I was just like, oh yeah, this is actually kind of good. I thought about talking about it tonight, but Bob's Burgers is like what a decade old at this point. <laughs> it's like, like on season eight or something. It's, okay, <laughs> I was close enough. <laughs> You're a little far. <laughs> all right, okay. So, uh, Tahani and Evan. It looks like you all have uh, one thing in common that you were looking at. Uh, Alita Battle Angel. Can you all tell me a little bit about this? Because the only thing that I know about it is that it was supposed to be a movie in the summer of last year, and now it's coming out now. So I'm really hoping that Alita Battle Angel does not become my next Your Favorite Thing Sex article. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm kind of thinking it's I don't know. Alita, it was a... She's a cyborg... And it originally talked so much about what is human and what is humanity, but also having fantastic fight scenes with a kick-ass heroine. Like I, I, it has everything I want, or it should have everything I want in like a movie. But yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I haven't been overwhelmed by the previews yet. But it comes out tomorrow, so I guess we'll know next month. But I want to like, like I I have so much hope for this. I just I want it to be good. <laughs> yeah, I so I saw the trailer uh, the other day when I went to go see the Lego Movie, and I was just confused because I like normally my experience when you watch a trailer these days, especially for a trailer for a genre film, is that they pretty much tell you everything that's going to happen in the first. 45 to 60 minutes of the movie and they leave practically nothing to the imagination. And this was the exact opposite experience was that I looked at it. I'm like, okay, so there's this weird sort of robot Android looking person and she's going to fight and stab a bunch of people because that's a thing. And I know nothing else about this, Like, but it looks kind of fun. I mean, yeah, she's a, she's a cyborg and uh, she's discovered unconscious by the person that becomes her like surrogate father, so okay. she doesn't know her past. And so I think that's where they're trying to show you in the the trailer is that she doesn't know where she comes from. Only that she's there's some part of her that's way more awesome than it should be. And that's this the original story was her discovering that and finding out that she actually has way more badassery in her than anybody expected. And I'm really hoping that they do that correctly. I am I am okay with that. So, was was this originally a manga or something that yes, uh, that you had read? Yes, it was, and it's been okay. a long time since I read it. But yes, okay, sounds sounds fun. All right, yeah. cool. So that'll set the stage for us for for next time. Alita Battle Angel, um, the next episode or the next season of Bob's Burgers, <laughs> um, <laughs> the <laughs> Runaway <laughs> season two for me, and and. Uh, and apparently, apparently also the Umbrella Academy. So stay tuned with us next month where we're going to talk about that and probably a lot more stuff. We're probably going to get a lot more silly. And hopefully we have a uh, we have a full episode where for all of our cast members, Internet stays up for the uh, for the entirety <laughs> of the episode. Sorry about that. Evan. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, let's just do a quick round. Tahani, where are you on the interwebs and how can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Tahani Nelson. I am also on Facebook on facebook.com slash Tahani Nelson. Yeah. Uh, Google Tahani Nelson. I Everything is me. All right. <laughs> Fan- 
Fantastic. <laughs> Isabella, how about you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Isa Rizzo. So pretty easy Fans. to find. Fantastic. Regina, how about you? Where, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Doc Liz with two Zs. Um, you can hit me up on Facebook at the Google, at the, at the Google, the Geek Embassy, um, <laughs> the, Google. the Google page. I don't know what that was thinking. Um, yeah. But please check out um, my podcast, my other podcast, Game on Girl, my primary podcast. Um, I guess we're calling it Game on Girl Prime um, has mm-hmm. a new interview with indie author um, Trish Heinrich. She gives a lot of great info about like how to become an indie author and um, what it takes to kind of be your own publisher. Uh, so check that out. I'm also running a weekly podcast on my own off the Anchor platform, which is available on iTunes and Stitcher and all the other um, podcast streams called Game on Girl on the Go, where I've been talking again about like my dissertation research and gender and gaming. Uh, so I do those solo, like 10 or 15 minute shows, just kind of like quick, um, you know, topic based stuff. So check that out as well. Cool. G-O-G-O-G. I like it. Yes. G-O-G-O-G. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm your host, Dante Bucheri. You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Dante Informal. You can find me on, on Facebook at the, the Geek Embassy web, uh, Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com slash the Geek Embassy community because apparently we're not cool enough to just be the Geek Embassy. Somebody else had it. <laughs> it makes it makes me sad, but that's okay. Once uh, once Google acquires us, then we can just be the Google Embassy. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fantastic. And you can find the Geek Embassy uh, again at facebook.com slash the Geek Embassy community on Twitter and Instagram. We are just at the Geek Embassy. Um, I've been I've been. Instagramming a lot with all of, yeah. all of my random game nights. Uh, awesome. I've, I, I've I've hooked up with a wonderful game gaming community here in Springfield, Oregon, and it's been fantastic. But uh, please go ahead and follow, like, share, subscribe. Um, tell people about our about our uh, podcast. Leave us a review on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you find us, and just do all of the social stuff that lets people know that we exist. And Tune in next month for another episode of the Geek Embassy Watches. Thank you very much. And until next time, get your geek on. Good night, everybody.